Blog Talk Radio. The views expressed on The Secret to Everything are not necessarily those of the host, the co-host, or our guest. All medical information given is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any disease or condition. Please see your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. And as always, thank you for listening. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., CNH, is the best-selling author of the ebook The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now. Available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Good Wednesday evening to everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Kim Show, The Secret to Everything. I am very, very excited about our guest that we have this evening, and we will be speaking to him in just a little bit. First of all, I want to say hello to Ms. Kara from Strange Days Indeed. Are you with us, Kara? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How's Florida? Cold. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> poor thing. And then we have um, Walt from org. How are you this evening, Walt? I am great. Thank you for asking. And then who we don't have, uh, this is last minute, you guys, I just found out about this, is Mr. T.G. from the Intuitive Paranormal Society. He had a work emergency come up, and he is not going to be able to make it. So it is the three of us, just so you guys know. And we do have, or hopefully we'll have shortly, uh, Dr. Robin Kelly is our special guest tonight. He's an international best-selling author um, and plays in the arena as a medical doctor that I play in with energy medicine, so it should be a super interesting show. Uh, we'll get to him in just a minute. Walt, would you like to read the announcements first? Sure. Tomorrow, it looks like Dr. Kim will be on Dan Hanneman's Telesummit at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For more information, you can go to Dr. Kimberly's Facebook or Twitter page, and you can tune in to Darius at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the link to find all this out is on www.secrettoeverything.com. Next week, we will be discussing alternative pro- approaches to cancer with Jennifer Alhassa and Sheila Ulrich. 
both cancer survivors. Jennifer is a cancer coach. Then on November 21st, we will replay uh, one of our most requested shows. And then on the 28th, we have two others. We have Solomon Horish, who is a fiction author, and he will be talking about the Mayans. And if you would like to, feel free to get a hold of Dr. Kimberly on www.secrettoeverything.com. And if you would like to talk to her and follow her on Twitter, she would be. You can find her at Serene Wellness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or on Facebook at Serenity Natural Wellness, or Kimberly McGeorge. And for us on Twitter, you can find TG at Intuitive underscore PS. The lovely Kara is at Coast to Coast Kara, and her website is www.strangedaysindeed.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ghost Hunter Walt. And my website, again, is www.gotspirits.org. And I've been getting a lot of business lately from that the last few days. So, uh, the last few days or the last few weeks? Yeah, a lot. The energy is, well, are, what are we in retrograde in, Kara? Isn't it, something's in retrograde. It's Mercury retrograde from the 6th till about the 26th. Oh, that just, you would just, you know what? You just took a huge weight off my shoulders because that explained a lot of today. It's not just me, it's everyone. So, can you tell us briefly what that means, Kara, not to put you on the spot? Oh, well, Mercury retrograde is notorious for just everything uh, being delayed, miscommunications. The best thing to do during a Mercury retrograde is to wrap up what you've already been working on and not go into new ventures such as signing contracts. Try and hold off if you can on buying textings and signing contracts till around November 26th. Give it a couple days. And the interesting thing is that this year, um, Mercury retrograde began right as the polls were closing mm-hmm. um, across America. And so I think that we'll find out some information related to that because Mercury retrograde always makes things crazy. And being a Virgo, I can certainly testify uh, that I, I do feel it. And I think one reason TG had a work emergency come up is Mercury retrograde. There it is. It's in action right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And and like I, Carrie, you and I chatted briefly. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy day for me as well, kind of unexpected things. And Walt, you know, said he's had a lot of influx, you know, of, I assume people having problems with the paranormal. Well, Kara, I believe our esteemed guest, Dr. Kelly, is on the line, so we welcome him. And if you'd like to introduce him for us, that would be amazing. Okay, I will. And I just want to add this little footnote here that uh, I'm kind of sick right now, so if I loop this up a little bit, everyone forgive me. Um, Anyway, without further ado, we're going to bring on Dr. Robin Kelly, What if our physical bodies were perpetually being formed upon an invisible field of information? And what if this field was one vital and integral part of the same field underlining the physical structure of our universe, holding all the information and wisdom of its past and present? And what if, by by being a knowing contributor to this field, each of us could create a blissful and peaceful future, not only for ourselves and our planet, but for our whole universe? If we are indeed at the deepest level of our being, truly holographic, 
These questions may no longer be regarded as far-fetched. Dr. Robin Kelly, author of the award-winning The Human Antenna, explores these mind-stretching concepts and speculates exactly how our developing awareness of ourselves as human holograms will affect every aspect of our future on this planet. He guides us into how we can best use this information here and now to transform our lives and to achieve optimum health. Robin Kelly, MD, embraces integrating holistic models into modern contemporary environment, blending the best of the East and the best of the West. He believes that the most common ingredient missing from the modern prescriptions in the very soul of the individual is the very soul of the individual seeking help, and the deep healing involves the body, the mind, and the spirit in equal amounts. And his website is www.robinkelly.co.nz. And without further ado, let's bring on Dr. Robin Kelly. Good evening, Art. Hello. Good evening, Art. Time. And what time is it for you in the afternoon? It's ten past one. Can you hear me? I. We can hear you. Can you guys hear him clearly? Yes. Oh yes. Wonderful. Oh, fabulous. Oh, this I thought works. That with, with all these communication problems with Mercury and retrograde, I might not be able to get through. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm there. Anyway, look, it's lovely to uh, talk to you all. Uh, yeah, well, I'm in New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy um, life. A very, Some very beautiful books you've written. The covers are beautiful. And I just have to tell you really quickly before we get into the questions that my favorite part of your book, because I've read The Human Hologram in whole, and it's quite a well-researched work. I was very impressed by that. But I love your quotes. I'm a big quote person. And phenomenal quotes. So it's worth the price of the book alone, you guys, just to read the quotes. So that's my that's my kudos to you. But let's just kind of start at the beginning. So you began as a as an MD, and I assume you began as a rather conventional medical doctor. Is that true? Oh yes, uh, I spent um, I, I trained in England in London and uh, spent six years in in hospitals, um, especially in, on cancer wards and children's wards and child cancer wards. Wow. Um, but I sort of felt my heart was in the community. Uh, I felt that what was happening in medicine, you got more and more specialized and probably a little bit more distant from the person uh, as you had to sort of cope with a more complex condition. So uh, I happily went into a family practice in 1981 and um, very quickly started to explore other things apart from medication to help people. I felt people were too drugged and they were, in those days, they were drugged, but also with Many drugs which aren't even on the market now, they were so sort of uh, stultifying for their lives. So I started to study acupuncture, um, and, and not only just acupuncture, but also the philosophy, the Chinese philosophy behind acupuncture, the, the holistic uh, understanding that we're uh, as one with nature. Um, and it sort of started from there. I was very impressed how that could help people, and I sort of, over the last 30 years, taken it probably further studying Ayurvedic medicine and also, you know, this modern, wonderful understanding of mind-body, spiritual connections that have sort of, that science is sort of, is, is leading, is, is beginning, I suppose, to entertain. But it's something that uh, traditional cultures and in fact, intuitively, we've all known inside us. So uh, I try to sort of mix everything up. I'm still a Western medical doctor, but I prescribe far less and, and spend much more time with people and um, 
just to listen to their deepest needs, I hope, and and plan, you know, what we can do individually for them on their sort of on their journey of life. Uh, I, and I totally agree with that, which is why I became a naturopathic doctor, of course, over here. Now, I'm curious because I didn't, I'm always curious about what I didn't get to partake of, human nature. So could you talk a little bit, is The Human Attendant, is that your first book? What is your first book? My first book was called Healing Ways, and Doctor's oh, okay. Guide to Healing, and, and it was published here on, on Penguin and uh, and in the UK. And that was um, probably the end of the 90s, and that was me um, really talking about this combination of Chinese medicine, Western medicine, and, and what was appearing to be the sort of quantum connections that were appearing there. Although that was still very controversial in those days. They were saying, okay, the quantum world exists in the laboratory between uh, electrons, and it's a weird thing that we see on photons, but hey, this has nothing to do with the human body. But I was saying, hey, you know, I get people that are coming in telling me about their synchronous experiences all the time particularly if they're connected uh, uh, in family or, or or with loved ones. You know, we people saying that they sort of think of somebody and somebody appears on the telephone just at the same time, and we've all got those experiences. And I'd also worked a lot with uh, at a hospice uh, with those who are ending their lives and found these experiences were very commonplace. So I was really trying to put it together and saying, look, you know, there's much more to the human being than our physical, uh, the physical reality. Um, and what does that mean, you know, for the future? And I suppose the next book I wrote is called The Human Antennas, saying that it really took tying in some of the Ayurvedic principles of chakras uh, and, and, in fact, the whole area of consciousness and how that sort of uh, we're beginning to understand that from a scientific point of view and how we can use it every day in our daily lives and how I use it every day in my daily lives. And the last the human hologram is an extension of that because there's so much good science that's come through and you know we'll grow as people and so I suppose I'm um, like everybody sort of beginning to understand more about this and, and feeling much very comfortable about it so those are my three books Wow and it is just amazingly well researched and to people that are new to this field uh, I really like it because people are going to want some science to back it up uh, no matter how much we wish that they would just accept whatever we say or we observe, people still like to note that there's been research, and it is a power-packed um, book of research. So, again, it's just a very um, – but it's but it's written and very enjoyable to read well, as so. well. So I use the science not to confuse people, and, and you know, I, if people buy it and look at the science, I'm saying, you know, you don't really have to absorb all of that, but it's really a great comfort to people – and I'm sure a lot of your listeners and yourselves, to know that the science behind it actually empowers them not to be so sort of uh, secretive about it. And it also, you know, I, I have a role of uh, talking to doctors and other people who may be more sceptical. Um, and it also opens them up a little bit to say, hey, look, there is the science that's there. Okay, it's a, it's a burgeoning field, and there may not be all the money going into this side that there is into, say, drug medicine or whatever, but it's there, and so I have a particular role um, to try and bring the two together, and the scientific and the spiritual together, um, and I enjoy that role. But, you know, really you'll end up by trusting your feelings and trusting mm. your intuition once you read this, rather than saying, hey, you know, I've got to get into the science. It's more empowering, I think, to, to everybody. And one of my favorite chapters is Chapter 23, which... Um 
you kind of, in my opinion, tie it all together. And you just mentioned um, one of the first, you call them 12 important skills that each of us can learn to master in ensuring a peaceful, stable, and joyful future, which certainly sounds appealing. And that is the very first thing you point out is trusting your feelings, or I guess you could say trusting your feelings slash intuition. So could you give us an example of um, something in your own life or something you've observed in your patients that illustrates this? Well, you know, every day I think it illustrates this. Say uh, uh, we meet somebody who we like and we want to form a relationship with, we feel first with that. And then, you know, so we feel first in our lives and then we use our brains and our logical minds to work out how on earth we're going to make this happen, you know, how are we going to behave, how are we going to plan, how are we going to compromise, all those things. But the first thing we we do is feel. If we want to go on holiday, we wake up one day and say, oh, I'd love to go on holiday to Hawaii or somewhere. Uh, you, you feel that, uh, and then you put it, then you, you work out how to make the trip. So um, I put a case, and in fact, uh, when I describe the heart and the brain, I put the heart first. Because the evidence is that the heart is the detector of feelings uh, more than the brain. Uh, in fact, you know, when your heart's beating uh, coherently in a nice, easy rhythm, we're usually very calm. But in fact, you know, it detects uh, anxiety before our brain start, does. So, so, and also when we're children, this is so important, we feel we basically, you know, before the ages of six or seven, we primarily are, are reacting to our feelings um, as our brains develop thereafter. So it is so important to realize that we are feeling beings and that our brains are wonderful and no less spiritual, but our brains are there to work out uh, how how we feel. And in this model that I'm saying that we may be connected to fields of information, to the universe or whatever, it's our feelings, if we trust them, are probably uh, more accurate than our, our thoughts, which become, which are so influenced by our conditioning and our everything that's happening around us. So, learning to trust our feelings, uh, our true feelings, is such an important part of this. Mm, I love that. Go ahead, somebody. Are you there? <laughs> okay, I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt Dr. Robin. Uh, you interrupt away. I don't care. Oh, okay. And I didn't get the privilege of reading your books. I did re- read over some of um, your information, but I'm excited to read it. Um, I'll just kind of put myself on the spot here as like a little guinea pig because I'd be interested in your perspective in terms of the the spirit and the soul and the body um, all functioning as one. Yeah. Um, and and impressing on us um, diseases and illnesses and health and what have you. Um, my mother passed away in April, and right at the time of her funeral is when I had a, I started having a lot of trouble with my urinary tract and kidneys. It was the week of her funeral when that happened. My yeah. um, my teeth actually started going out on me because I grind my teeth when I'm stressed out. And so I've literally lost the tooth over this because I've grinded my teeth so much. And then the third thing is is that um, I've had pain in my heart, not physical pain where it's physical pain in your heart, but more like a spiritual ache that you can actually feel yeah. towards the left side of your heart. Would you have any um, any comments about 
how grieving or high stress periods uh, affect the body and kind of pressing to it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that um, grief affects our heart chakra and Chinese medicine affects the lung. That's why people traditionally wail and uh, express their, their, their voices and sing at funerals. Um, and often you, people, when they're grieving, feel a, an emptiness in, in this area. The lung and the heart are very, very connected, so it's in that area. It's almost like a... Uh, Almost like a hunger pain, I think you're describing, but 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 in the heart and the heart area. So you feel you do feel an emptiness as we long for that sort of person to be here in physical form. Um, when it comes and and it can affect any of our tracks. So therefore, when we're grieving, um, anything can go out. Basically, you're talking about your bladder and and your uh, kidneys and 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 uh, your immune system. So I mean, that's right. I mean, some people would say that, um, uh, and I don't know if I, hopefully I can say this on air, there's an expression about feeling pissed <laughs> or pissed <Okay>. off. <laughs> I apologize, but, but you don't mind me saying that, do you? Because we're, but um, certainly when we're under tension and, and um, probably annoyed possibly with ourselves and maybe can't express what we want to express, uh, our urinary infection, uh, we can get urinary tract uh, problems, and particularly... I've known many sort of uh, people who are rather angry with some members of their family or quite dominant, but cannot express themselves or expresses themselves in their bladders. Uh, I, I can't particularly tie that up with your experience, but it's both that that and grinding your teeth in Chinese medicine is a, is is to do with the the liver and the gallbladder, which again is a a frustration. Uh, of expression. So I would just suspect and I, that around that time there were things that you probably needed to say and frustratingly couldn't quite get them out. And mm. it may, at funerals, you know, uh, some people take the load and others don't, you know, and, and so um, that, the, that would be a, a, a stab at what was happening to you. Oh, Kimberly would say and testify that that makes absolutely perfect sense word for word for what you're saying. Okay. And I've been using a lot of Kimberly's work and other work to, to help release some of the energy blockages. Uh, another yes. thing that I will add, or I think it's just another good question, is I do know that we have some listeners out here who have mysterious pain. It's almost mm-hmm. like fibromyalgia. Yeah. Um, in terms of its mysterious pain, and I'll just put myself out there, um, that through my family, through my parents and my, you know, direct family members, we all kind of have this thing where we feel a lot of stress and anxiety over everyday, uh, everyday life. And it yeah. seems to build up in us through um, migraines, headaches, body aches, what would you um, say to the people out there who kind of have that that um, <clears throat> that lifestyle where you just feel it in your bones? Yes, and while well, you improve your attitude, it's not even so much an attitude. It's kind of just a gut reaction, and yeah. it seems to take over. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, a lot of people that I see in my practice have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, which are two two related uh, uh, conditions. And pretty well to the person, they're, they're sensitive people. In other words, their bodies have absorbed the pain that's around them, not just in their families, but also in society. So their bodies are, are very open. They're like their skins are very thin. 
Now that actually makes them lovely people and it also makes them very creative people because a creative person just sort of absorbs the beauty around them and then sort of puts it out in their own form to the rest of the world. So there are positives for this, but unfortunately what happens is we absorb this um, and our bodies have become overloaded. So so our systems become overloaded, um, our pain system and our immune system become overloaded. Now, um, it's, 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 this is healable from. If you look at certain medical books, people just say, gosh, you know, we don't know what's going on, we'll give them medication. Look, the core to all of this, to simplify it, is self-compassion. Okay, that in fact, um, we, it's not about being insensitive because insensitive people are great. You know, they're, they're the people that pick up what's going on in the world before others. But it's actually the way to heal is to say no to people uh, who are toxic and, in, uh, and situations that are toxic and chemicals that are toxic and say yes to opening yourself up to compassion and love. And the way, the many ways that you can do that, first of all, you can go to nature because nature is very giving. In other words, you can go to nature and just absorb all the goodness uh, because that, because you're, you're, you're well set to absorb all the goodness. Um, and there are steps towards this. And there are exercises that I uh, teach and do myself, uh, which, are, which are we like prayers to oneself, to open oneself up to self-compassion and take away self-criticism because there's nothing to criticize. We're all born uh, divine. And uh, uh, as we grow, if we're allowed to appreciate that, then uh, we will protect ourselves against pain. That's a very long answer, but I, I hope people realize this is the way that it's totally manageable this, and, and, and it's something that uh, you can heal from. Hmm. I love what you said about... Um nature because uh, I work a lot with the frequency and raising people's uh, energy field, the frequency of their energy field. And um, they always are like, wow, what can I do to raise my vibration? What can I do? And I'm like, take off your shoes and walk outside. That's going to like, number one, it's going to ground you to that beautiful earth energy and start pulling that up. And it's just going to connect you to that. You know, that's one of the most high vibration things in the world. I love that you said that. Go ahead. That's why they call it Mother Earth, isn't it? Our Mother Earth, because it's oh, our mother. And it's an insulator. Mm-hmm. There's actually a very good book called Earthing. I forget the author. Um, but, you know, if the weather's kind, just sit your shoes off or sit down on the grass, put your hands on the soil. Uh, and just, uh, if you've got pain anywhere, let the, let the earth insulate you. And you'll find that your pain reduces down. You can even, if you're good at visualizing, uh, imagine all that good earth energy coming up and nurturing you. Um, uh, absolutely, because people with these conditions are very sensitive to this. Or go into the uh, into a forest and um, touch a tree. I'm a you know I'm, I don't like the idea that tree huggers are, are, are being accused of being soft and silly. Uh, I actually think that's a wonderful thing to do, and and um, uh, makes a lot of sense. Bruce Lee, the martial artist, was uh, tre- tremendous in, in in everything, but he would gain his energy from from trees um so you know this is something that uh, uh they're there and they're free and they're generous <laughs> so uh you know we, we start we really have to use say use nature be appreciative of nature never abuse nature uh and you'll find that that things can start shifting the other thing i love about nature um is 
that I talk about. You know, everyone's like, how can I get a quiet mind? How can I get a quiet mind? One of the quickest ways to get a quiet mind is walk out in a, you know, dense forest by yourself. And I do mean by yourself. No children, no husband, no spouse, no friend. By yourself. And just stand there in silence for, I mean, I'd go for a half hour, but even 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Just listen. And and it's just this emptying of the mind, and it's such a beautiful thing. The forests are wonderful. I, I talk about... Uh, being a human antenna, in other words, you know, in this mode, you're connected to, um, I suppose, universal records and Akashic fields or whatever you think, but you can become very enlightened and, and, and creative, and but also at peace. Um, but you're surrounded by these wonderful antenna. I mean, it's, you're only seeing half the tree because the other half is then rooted into the ground as well. And all of these, these are our Earth's antenna. And we, if we're amongst them, we get these this wonderful feeling of peace and connection. Um, and I'm all for making it easy for us. You know, we look around and it's so, look at the things that make it easy for us and and go to those. Um, unfortunately, our thinking busy mind doesn't make it easy for us. It only gives us more and more problems <laughs> because it spins around uh, and, uh, and uh, it doesn't, for this condition anyway, help until we find that peace of being. Mm, I love that. Walt, did you have a question? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to make a quick comment. Like for me, the, my like my happy place is on a beach alone, mm-hmm. in the sand, the sun, the, the ocean, and and that that just like it, it just recharges me totally. Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but I do I do have a question for you on the uh, on healing, and and people who have cancer, and. Do you feel that people can heal um, their own cancer through different methods, such as um, maybe coming to grips with their own problems in life and, and clearing them out and making amends with enemies and stuff like that, or is there another way that, that it can be done? <clears throat> well, I think you said very well. I think this is an essential part of our care, our medic it should be an essential part of our medical care if somebody presents to us with cancer. Um, and there are uh, people that have healed themselves doing that by being very, very connected. Um, I, I just think in our present state of evolution, we need both. Um, and in fact, if we look after that side and we, we um, you know, what I suggest when somebody comes to me is that they surround themselves with a, uh, a loving uh, collection of people, a family. Um, it doesn't have to be family, family, it can be friends, but close friends, family, and that all the doctors and the nurses and the health professionals and the naturopaths should be part of that family. In other words, they should be invited mm-hmm. in, and they're not just for their skills, but for their empathy and their intent for them to heal, because we are not, you know, we're, we are connected beings. We, we heal better when we're connected to nature, but also to a community. So that's terribly important. Number two is, yes, examine outdated beliefs. And if we're brought up to feel that we're, un- if we felt unloved as a child or, or abandoned or, or, or uh, isolated, then it, that needs to be healed. And I tell you that so many times I see this, that this has been known to be something that switches on genes uh, as a child, and uh, it, it primes them so that when later on in life we feel abandoned or lonely, 
then um, they're switched on again. And it is becoming known that that is a switch for all sorts of illnesses which were programmed to have. So it's not too late to start healing those wounds and making those... And the wounds are to be healed also by us who are looking after these people, anybody who, who is suffering so. So the answer is yes, there's so much to be done there. And there have been people that have spontaneously healed when they have made these connections. Um, what is more important is that we all do it before we get, we get sick, <laughs> that uh, we need to really encourage our children to grow up so they don't have these wounds. Mm. And also our teenagers, if, you know, we should be going to schools, and that's what I try to do, to teach this so that um, it doesn't develop into uh, conditions later on. Uh, and the evidence is that it will, that it can influence how our bodies get sick. So I totally I, I agree with you. Is it possible once you get it? I think it's got to be integral to your care because people do better when, they, when they're in a, in a community and they heal better and they'll end up uh, using less drugs, chemo and, and radiotherapy and surgery. Um, and yes, let's aim for that. And let's aim for a society where we look after each other we, lovingly, and so we are lot, not at risk uh, so much uh, for these conditions. That, that's really good. I'm, as you were telling me that, I kind of envisioned a, a hospital with a bunch of people who have cancer, and then everybody taking turns and one person sitting in the middle and everyone around them sending them healing. Yeah. And it was just kind of odd how that just came to my mind as you were talking about being around a community of people that care for you and stuff like that. Well, it, you know, it's absolutely right. And that's the shamanic journey, really, is that, mm. that you know, in, in the traditional cultures, people have taken over the threshold of knowing. Um, but it's not just the, the shaman that does it. In fact, the whole community comes around and supports them. So your, your idea of them as sitting around one person is wonderful because um, that is fairly essential. And, you know, we, we've become, in our medical care, unfortunately disconnected from these, these essentials of healing. And they could so easily be done. They're not expensive. They just to require what you said, that sort of vision. I think it's a wonderful vision. I'm, I'm um, excited by that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, I think we have a caller I'm going to grab really quick. Hello. Thank you for calling the Dr. Kim. So do you have a question? Hi, it's me. Hi, Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> Hi. Do you know, or have you listened to the interview? No, I was actually on an important call before I got on here. So I know you've told me a little bit about um, the author, but no, I don't. I don't oh, are you just going to hang out then? You're not going to ask a question. Don't get me all excited. <laughs> No, if, if, as soon as I listen for about five minutes, I'm sure I'll have about ten questions. Yeah, that's that's true. I wanted to, um, <laughs> doc, Dr. Kelly, your book is called The Human Hologram. Could you explain what you mean by that title? I know some people are not familiar with that concept. Could you kind of explain no. that? Oh, I try to explain it without getting too sort of detailed and scientific and, and fuzzy-headed about it all. Yeah, the hol one of the holographic principles is that all of the information of a big thing can be held by a small thing. Now, um, as you know, and I think probably most people who are involved in natural medicine know this, this expression, as above, so below. In other words, that um, 
our bodies are a reflection of what's going on around us, okay? And we can say we have sort of uh, a world within our bodies. And then in fact, if we're going to heal the world, we've really got to do start with ourselves. Um, in my own, what, what opened me up to this in my own wor world was when I started to study acupuncture and I found that. I found that they were talking about the laws of nature, the laws of the five elements, so that in fact, you know, so there were the same uh, rules uh, applied to our body that they did in the whole of nature. So we instantly saw those connections. We saw cycles and we saw uh, how, how, how that were, we were in fact a mirror of what was going on outside and, and vice versa. But I also then studied the Chinese pulses. And in Western medicine, if a doctor takes a pulse, you're really checking the heart rate and finding out whether it's regular or not. And that, that's very useful. But if a Chinese physician checks the pulse, they do it with three fingers and they work out. And those three, each of those three fingers relates to a different part of the body and to a different meridian system. Uh, and in fact, you test that in three different levels. So you actually, with your three fingers on the wrist, are getting a readout of the whole body, you know, and so we've got this principle that all the information could be held in the smallest part. So when the Chinese physician looks at your tongue, you've got a, a map of the whole body on the tongue. Uh, and these are called microsystems. When a reflexologist uh, maybe uh, massages a the foot, they're massaging places that relate to the whole body. And when I do acupuncture in the ear, it's the same thing. So here we have uh, an understanding Weird though it sounds, that all the information in a small part uh, of the body can hold all the information of the of the part, the bigger part of the body. And by the same, if you, if you take this argument, then this body of ours is a reflection of what's happening outside. So then we talked earlier about people with fibromyalgia and fatigue. Well, their bodies are actually relating to us what's happening in society. You know, so 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 this is the human hologram. This is the something that we can begin to see that our bodies are connected uh, directly with nature, not just sort of nature is, lead, is indirectly sending us messages. We are uh, a beacon for, for what's happening around us. And I, I became interested, well, this is the case. Um, what does that really mean for us? If we understand this, what does this mean for us um, uh, in the future? Not just our health, but, but everything. Um, so, so that is, I suppose that in some ways it um, answers some of your questions. I mean, there, there are other aspects to be a hologram, and, and you know, I, the understanding that I explain is that I go into the fact that this world that we see around us, this physical world we can touch and see and, and hear, is only one part of the story. Mm. In fact, our brains sort of convert. Probably in the, under this, these principles, a, a sort of a, a, a hazy uh, a matrix out there, and they and we create this three and four dimensions, uh, almost like a virtual reality. Uh, and that in you know if we didn't have these senses, our bodies we may well be just seen as spirits, just like a uh, you know, what I would call it fields of information. Now that's fairly far fetched, but that's where the science is leading. And the question really is, if that's the case, and this world around us is, if there's more to it than this, and this is, that isn't the only reality, is this something that we need to know, or is it just too confusing for us? And I suppose I argue it's actually very exciting, and it's actually, once we understand that, it, it, how helpful it can be 
um, and and because you know it's our souls and our spirits and our hearts, uh, which are I suppose things that are, exist almost outside that reality, um, and those are our spiritual connections. Uh, and in fact, the sort of the, the part of us that I think is probably the most important part. Mm-hmm. And, I found that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it totally makes sense. And I was, you know, playing a little bit of um, devil's advocate, so to say, because I yeah. take this to the extreme. And um, when I work on somebody, I just did some work on a summit I was on and trying to explain it. It probably sounds crazy, but what I actually do with distance healing and with my psychic abilities is I actually pull up the holographic template in front of me and I yes. read it just like you would read a book. Like, yes. seriously, it is absolutely amazing. The Which I love that title, The Human Antenna, because, uh, you know, that's what I always say. We're, we're these amazing frequency receivers and we're these amazing frequency generators. So, you yes. know, I just, I absolutely love that because we're broadcasting every single detail of everything passing through our mind, our emotions, our body, our energy field, our ancestors. I can pull up and read DNA. It's absolutely amazing what we are broadcasting. So, um, and what and what you're receiving in there, and you, um, you know, people who. This is why it's so interesting about near-death experiences, because people who begin to lose, um, I suppose, direct contact or overwhelming contact with these dimensions, these three, four uh, dimensions that we have here, start uh, accessing this sort of timeless field. Uh, and and many of them would experience love um, when they come back and are changed because they a they don't fear dying so much, but also they've they've had this huge download of uh, a wonderful truth and information. It sounds like exactly what you're doing. You're downloading this sort of time from 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 a library that seems to be end, endless. Um, Uh, Absolutely. I always say, um, you know, when you are an awakened human, which I believe you dance around in your books, that concept, but when you're, you know, opened up energetically and you're connected, um, you know, I say you can access all information from all time, all space and all dimensions. And life becomes very, very interesting, Dr. Kelly, and amazingly fun when you develop those abilities as anyone who knows um, me knows it's quite the adventure. But we all have that capability of plugging into that. It's just a matter of getting there. We all have that capability, and it's effortless. That's the other thing, because we, we've been programmed to think, every, gosh, you know, that, that sounds tough. Well, it isn't. It's like anybody who's creative um, will know that the, the, the information comes through them, and they have to allow it to come through them, either in the written world or the painting or the song that they're writing. They just lay their bodies open and just invite it through, and it comes through. Uh, and not only that, it seems to cleanse you as you come through as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. sort of, it frees you, doesn't it? Because it's it's effortless. Well, and therein lies the dichotomy. We live in resistance uh, most of the time in this 3D reality. And I just spoke about this, and you're so beautifully dovetailing what I was just teaching. But I, I said how you can, you know, let yourself fall back into a pool because you know the water is there to catch you. If you when you give up that resistance to everything. Basically, you gain uh, being a piece of um, all consciousness. It's absolutely not a losing of yourself. It's actually an incredibly finding of exactly who you are and your small piece in this, you know, grand and glorious universe. So, very well said. Thank you for that. Yes, and I, 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 I totally agree with you. And 
if we're talking physics, we're talking about being in a coherent state. And, you know, they talk about quantum states, quantum entanglement between two atoms, if you like. And people were saying 20 years ago, well, you know, that's all right for these two simple atoms. But, you know, we're just so complicated. We've got trillions and trillions of these atoms. There's no way we can get there. But actually, in this state, you can. The body begins to work in harmony. Um, and when it's in this beautiful state, we, and it is the important state of your mind, not, not the chatter of your mind goes down, and your body becomes basically in a being-loving state. Uh, and that is where we begin to approach this sort of state where we're in this instant connection with each other. And it's a, it's a heart state. It's not a, it's not a thinking state. It's in a heart state. And, um, and I think you're describing that brilliantly. Oh. Thank so, you. So, um, what Dr. Kelly is a is a medical doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Do you have a specialty? Um, people. <laughs> okay. Very well. Okay. Now, you also said that you, that you studied acupuncture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I studied. You you could say I studied acupuncture in the early eighties, as as I was saying. I mean, I mean, I have a family practice. So I. Uh, and I work from home and with my wife and my lovely little dog and kids and grandkids and you know so people when they come to see me um they they come into uh, as if you're coming into somebody's home it's a corner of the ho- the home so that's you know there's the telly's not on and all that sort of thing but ultimately they're coming into a trusted environment where they where they know that um they're going to be cared for um so I, but I, I studied acupuncture, as I was saying, 20 or 30 years, well, 30 years ago. And, um, and I was interested in, in other cultures and other health, uh, understanding other health philosophies. Uh, but I realized when I put acupuncture needles in, I opened people up even more uh, uh, to, to the outside world and what comes from would say the universe. So some people would, in that state, have this very blissful state that we were just talking about. And it appeared to me that this, I view the acupuncture needles as a little antennae, but also when I put them in, then the person become even more of an antennae um, to the surroundings. As long as the surroundings are peaceful, and it's up to me to make myself peaceful for that to happen as well. So um, that's why I, I studied acupuncture, but also now and over the years been very interested on how to teach people to get to that state so they can do it uh, at will. Um, and so I'd be very interested in, in energy psychology, EFT and tapping. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I don't know if you, I'm, I, I do a lot of this and I find it absolutely wonderful because it gives people the tools to, to get into the state. And the, basically the basis of, of tapping is the, the, what you say back to the body is exactly what it's saying to you, your feelings. So you acknowledge your feelings. And you don't have to pretty them up, but you just acknowledge them. And so you say, so even though I have this pain, and then or, or whatever. And then the second part is a is a compassionate statement to yourself. I really accept, respect, uh, and have deep compassion. If you can use the love word, even better, have have love for who I really am. So you're you've got that wonderful balance of of uh, acknowledgement, listening, acceptance, uh, and compassion to yourself. Uh, while you're tapping your own body. So you're, you're not actually analyzing it. You're just uh, acknowledging your feelings. And it's amazing how effective that can be. 
Right, because a lot of people, well, I would say most people have so many, so much resistance and so many blockages, especially the older they get, the more resistance they have. I think sometimes, you know, that's why uh, Dr. Kim uses so many different techniques because sometimes one thing that works for somebody doesn't always work for the other person. So she can, you know, determine whether, um, you know, what technique works best. And it sounds like you use a few different ones too to to maybe get to the, the heart of the problem and and get that resistance gone and, and get the energy flowing better because, you know, any. If you know about meridians, you know if they're blocked, then something's not working yes. properly. Yeah, and the body, you know, if you've studied meridians and you've studied the chakras, um, you can sort of pretty well home in on on uh, where the problem, what the problem could be, and you can spend, you can really focus on those those areas because the body itself is telling you. Um, and I just report back to the person what their own body's saying, and then teach them to sort of learn how to do that themselves. And of course, intuitively. We, we we know this. It's not usually a difficult task. But the thing that I think is common to all of us, and I think Dr. Kimberly would agree, is listening. If we really listen to the person, not just what we want to hear, but what they want to tell us, and um, we listen to them, that is the most important healing step. Because two people listening with their hearts beating in sync, if you like, in a coherent state, and with com- compassionate listening, um, is probably the most important thing, and it's what's been missing from our medicine. Because in our Western medicine, everybody's so rushed. Because we're we're sort of dealing with all these complexity things, which should have been sorted out years ago uh, by this sort of this sort of work. So um, I think it's all about listening. It's all about listening. And it's all about giving that other person their sort of some tools that they can use, um, so that they feel empowered and and take ownership of their health because it's their you know, it's their responsibility and we allow that to happen we want for that that to happen for them right i think everybody's so busy it's it's harder and takes more time to go into yourself and try to open it up and find methods that'll open up because it takes longer when it's easier to take a pill or you know take something quick that's going to keep you on your fast track and keep moving whereas if people would slow down and yeah. listen to their bodies, like you're saying, then the answer's right there. The answer's so. right there, and, and there are things we can do, because uh, one day a week I do work in a very, I, I take half an hour, an hour with the people in my own practice, but I do work a day a week at a local university where I do student help, and they only give me a quarter of an hour with people. But even then, um, you know, there's so many young people who are on antidepressants on, on, on this pill and that pill, but I, when I look at them, I find they're breathing wrong. So just within two minutes, you can say, okay, bring your breath down to your tummy. Let's go into a breathing, being breath. And most people aren't breathing properly. And really within two or three minutes, you can start teaching them very gentle breathing. And that will change their lives around. So they're very, and they then just focus on their breath. They focus, focus on their being. Um, so I, I do believe that we can start to do quite simple things, even within our own faulty system that can Uh, see uh, people right. I totally agree. And, and, you know, even just listening to your voice, you have a calming calming speaking way, a calming voice. So, you know, I think that's another big thing when you're you're working with clients is as long as you're calm and peaceful, then they will be too. That helps them. That 
that helps the whole atmosphere. You know, you, when you walk into a room with people that are hustling and bustling and angry and everything, you know, you pick up all that. I think, you know, for somebody to walk into your office in your home, you know, you're opening your home to them. I think that, that says something, you know, about you, and it helps probably people to be more peaceful. But it's, I, I, I agree, and I, I found when I was, you know, in the 80s in that system and seeing so many people, my own breathing went wrong. And, and I developed, mm. not just from that, I developed chronic fatigue because I was fairly sensitive to other people. I probably took on a lot of their pain as well. Um, and and so I do believe the system has to change um, and the people are the ones that have to change it. And hopefully uh, President Obama will help with this. Um, over there because it is desperately needed. It's desperately needed that people spend more time with the health professionals. And See, the health professionals are breathing wrong as well. They're rushing around. They're in fight or flight. And that's not a good advert for health, really. Um, We should be, as health carers and health professionals, like like Dr. Kimberley there, we need to be practicing what we preach. Um, We need to be the calm influence on their lives Mm -hmm. that they need to be for themselves. Wow, I totally, absolutely agree. And I know that um, you don't have much time left, so I wondered if you would um, tell everyone how they could purchase um, your book and tell us a little bit about your website, and we will let you go on to your, um, I think maybe you said next, you have an appointment or an interview? Yes, about about five past, so thank you, bless you for that. Um, Yeah, my website is, uh, there there are two, robinkelly.co.nz, uh, but if the if that's difficult, I'm drrobinkelly.com. That may be the the easiest one. So d r r o b i n k e l l y dot com. Drrobinkelly.com. Um, I also have Facebook pages, and what I like about that, if you go to Facebook and and uh, just uh, type in the human hologram. Um, you're going to my Facebook page, and the great thing about that is that people can then, um, you know, uh, I suppose, give me their wisdom um, because this, these understandings are growing, and they're they, they're dependent on uh, everybody getting together and sharing their wisdom, and everybody's got that bit of unique wisdom that they can add to this as well. The book's available on Amazon. I think that's the best thing, and probably Barnes and Noble. So you can go and find it on Amazon um, and my other book as well, The Human Antenna. And I'm also, I also a musician and write music. So if you go to iTunes and um, tap in my name, you'll find some uh, 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 some music that I do, and I which I introduce, which I use in my presentations. I, I uh, yeah. And that's a whole other conversation, the healing power of music. So thank you so much, Dr. Kelly. I know you're busy, and I so appreciate the time you took to spend with us. And um, I applaud what you're doing. I energetically support what you're doing. And um, I definitely know we're connected in the great uh, consciousness out there. So thank you so much. Look, I've, I, I really love talking to you. You've got a super show there. Um, uh, it's almost unique, I think, the interaction that you have. So keep going. I, I'm, I, I just love talking to you all. Thank you. Oh, thank you so thank much. You. Thank Bless you. Me. Have a great evening. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a lovely talk. Very supportive of what I do. It's rare that we get someone on that... Uh, goes along so much with you know the things that I believe and I teach so it's kind of nice to have somebody in my corner for a change we get 
so many different guests on, so I really appreciated what he had to say. Uh, Kara or Walt or Shannon, do you have anything else to add? Because I think I'm going to wrap the show up. Okay, I want to say one thing. Okay. I I just want to say that um, over the last several months, I've had a lot of stress in my life, and I had some physical problems due to that. I was starting to really get upset and think something was wrong, although... Tim told me the whole time there was nothing physically wrong with me. It was totally stress. So I went to the doctor yesterday, and he confirmed there was nothing wrong with me. It was just stress. But I just thought it was cute that Kim, you know, she's always telling me, like, this, this, and this. And she was totally right, as she usually is. Oh, I like that. You can say that like that more time. Especially I know you would love that story. Yeah, I love oh, that story. God. Thank you for that testimony. Her ego is going to get bigger now. Oh, just just kidding. <laughs> and Walt, you especially have to tell that to Walt, because Walt, Walt and I like to argue like every other well, day. So. No, we, we don't argue. We have a discussion. <laughs> we have heated, lively debates. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's just like, nothing's wrong, Shannon. And I'm like, yeah, but this and but this. And she's like, Shannon, nothing's wrong. And then, you know, I don't usually question her, but this time I did. And she was right, as usual. Now you need to call up my daughter and tell her that uh, her mother's right and she needs to listen to me. And oh then we'll, we'll, we'll be good. Uh, Kira, do you have any advice for taking us through uh, Mercury retrograde? Do you have any suggestions how to to handle that? Um, In my experience with Mercury retrograde over several years um, that I've actually been aware of what Mercury retrograde was, um, some of the hardest things in my life have happened during a Mercury retrograde. Some of the best things have happened. I mean, I had my daughter during retrograde, and of course it was a C-section, so that was a typical retrograde birth. But from what I understand and how I usually play retrograde is to not really venture into new projects during that time. Take the three weeks and get caught up on your bills or caught up on your book or whatever project that you've already been working on. It's also a great time to close out the past. So if you have something in the past that you need to wrap up, this is a terrific time to do it. Um, And also, I would just be cautious to people buying Christmas gifts right now, especially tech items in the next few weeks. Um, buying tech items during a retrograde, make sure you get the warranty uh, just in case something bloops up. So just give yourself time and accept, um, expect the unexpected and stay thankful, and we'll all get through this. So I kind of have a more positive attitude towards it, but I'm definitely mindful of it. And since the retrograde has started, I've noticed that there have been a lot of minor car accidents um, even more than Orlando usually does, because Orlando is, nobody knows how to drive here. Um, there's a lot of minor car accidents, so just make sure to be careful on the road and give people their space, um, and hopefully uh, everything will go fine in BMD. And then, um, Dr. Kim, can I tell everybody about my show tomorrow in case people want to tune in? Absolutely. Okay, so t- tomorrow we have Dr. on my show, um, strange days indeed. We have Dr. Rom Weber. She is a medium. She also has a PhD in human sexuality, but we probably oh. won't really go there on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, by at 10 p.m. Eastern, she is coming in to give spirit messages. She also lives in metropolitan New York City, 
so she'll have a lot to say about the current weather conditions out there. Um, so that's 10 p.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com slash strange days indeed. And please keep me company because I haven't been feeling well, so it would be great to have somebody call in. <laughs> so I just have, um, well, I will call in because, you know, I've never met a medium I don't like to talk to. Um, so, okay, okay. Wait, back, to, back to retrograde just really quick. So you wouldn't recommend beginning any new relationships during this time. What if you met the person right before? I don't know what I, I don't know who I'm talking if about. If you met but. them before, if you met them before retrograde, yes. And, you know, you can, because you're already building on something. But if you just meet them today, just, and this is one of my favorite things to say, and you know it, delay, delay, delay. You know, <laughs> be careful. So I would never give some, I would never tell somebody stop and be superstitious. I just say proceed with caution, and everything will be fantastic. That sounds good. Well, any final thoughts about anything? Um, what if your job is to all constantly meet new people and start relationships and new contracts? How do you handle something Ooh, like that? Oh, that's a good question. I like well, that question. I would say for you, Walt, um, because this <laughs> is just what you do, um, I would say to just make sure that you're double-checking everything. If you don't hear back from someone and you were supposed to, kind of just get back in on them. I'm sure that you're pretty good at um, checking up on people. But as long as you just make sure that things are flowing and continuing and nothing gets falling through the cracks, I would well, say I like just that. keep doing what you're doing. So, And, uh, again, I used to be much more um, negative and end of the world about Mercury retrograde. I was actually attacked during a Mercury retrograde. That was not fun. But in the past few years, I just have a more positive spin on it and say, okay, how can I make this work to my advantage? Because everything that life gives us has something to work to the advantage when you work with the energy. Not to sound like Dr. Kimberly, but I'm I'm just a mouthpiece. Uh, you're so funny. Yeah. What I love about what you said and what I'd like to leave the show on is uh, Chira said it so beautifully. Use this, and I think she might have been subliminally, not subliminally speaking to me, about finishing certain books and things like that. But use this downtime to maybe kind of turn inward a little. And I like what you said about kind of, you know, maybe sleep more, catch up on your sleep, take care of yourself, clean your house, maybe go through stuff. Finish up, Lou says. It is a supportive energy for being a little more inward and a little more stay at home and quiet. And it's not bad to take that breath and that rest before the holidays either. So it kind of it's win-win. So I like the positive spin. But I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. Um, we had a delightful guest. Please tune in to Kara's show tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio, Strange Days Indeed. And thank you, Walt. And thank you, Shannon. And everyone have a great evening. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening on Our Secrets to Everything with Dr. Dr. Kimberly and George. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time, from 7 to 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.